You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring top. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is podcast episode number 1095, and it is our special monthly installment where we do a feature on a worthy Orange County-based nonprofit. Did you know that every 10 seconds a child is abused? In honor of Child Abuse Prevention Month, we're shining a spotlight on the Child Abuse Prevention Center. The center directly serves at-risk children and families in crisis and works to break the generational cycle of abuse. I've invited Executive Director Scott Trotter to join us to share more about the foundation and the wonderful work they're doing. Scott, welcome to the radio show. Thank you, Rick. Pleasure to be here and uh, an honor as well. It's good to have you here. Let's start by uh, having you talk a little bit about your path to the organization. What's your background, Scott? Oh, interesting. I'd much rather talk about the organization, but I grew up in Southern California. Um, Our family spent a lot of time through the church in other ways, working with other families and really appreciating families that were struggling. I think it was when I was back in Chicago in business school, um, we took a lot of time to, well, I I was part of a a group called the Business with a Heart uh, group, and we took our principles from management. Uh, An example of that was total quality management, and tried to apply them practically to nonprofits and schools and other folks in the community that would be able to benefit from them. So... An example, we took total quality management, applied it to schools, and called it total quality schools. Mm. In the process of that, we began to volunteer and work with families that were isolated by poverty. And it was just a bunch of business school students that would spend time with families, teach them sort of decision-making skills, look at what's going on in their family, teach them budgeting and financial management, but also just relationship management. What did we know? But we were just business school students trying to apply that back. But a profound thing occurred to us as we did this. We saw that families were completely capable of helping themselves. They just didn't have the ideas, and nobody had taken the time to spend time with them and and describe better principles of going about their families to them in a way that was meaningful to them. And we saw some real positive, lasting changes come from that. That left a big impression on me. It uh, it carried with me through a career that uh, then went to Disney and Ernst & Young and some other organizations in the private sector. Mm-hmm. And this opportunity to have an impact in Orange County and work with so many gifted professionals and volunteers at the Child Abuse Prevention Center came up. And I just at first got involved to help them sort of coordinate their resources and put in some management systems, et cetera. But it became a love affair. When I saw our staff working with the families who have been isolated by real real tough struggles, things like mental health issues, uh, chemical dependencies, histories of domestic violence and child abuse, it was just magic, the things that these families were able to overcome with just a little bit of help. So that got me hooked, and I've been there for a, a little over a decade now. Really? And it's just been a tremendous thing to watch grow and meet the demand in the community. So, Scott, you've told us a little bit about what the Child Abuse Prevention Center is about, but can you can you highlight maybe the mission and a little bit more about what services you're providing today in the community? Yeah, I would love to. I mean, it's a funny thing. Child Abuse Prevention Center, you could do almost anything and call it child abuse prevention. So I think that's an important question. And for organizations, when you define a mission, you really want it to hang and give you direction. And for us, our mission is to prevent and break the generational cycle for families that are at risk and especially 
kids that are at risk and parents that are struggling in crisis. So we really aim to be a practical service provider. We look for families here in Orange County that range across the map and uh, all across geographically, mm. but socioeconomically as well. So everybody. So child abuse happens across all socioeconomic strata. It happens in Cota de Casa, Newport Beach, as well as Santa Ana okay. and Anaheim. Okay. It's all over the place. All right. The, the people who are most open to getting help tend to be people who are struggling for other reasons as well, poverty or mental health issues. So we have programs that line up with our experts basically along the age of development for the kids. So we have a program called Home Visitation Infant that works with moms and dads who are just bringing their kids home from the hospital. And when they give birth at the hospital, the hospital will do a screening tool and say, are you at risk? Are there issues that you can get help from mm. somebody to come home with you okay and if they say yes and they volunteer into the program our case staff will work with them for up to six maybe even 18 months and teach parenting principles look at safety in the home teach breastfeeding really important things to get that family attached to that child right and break out of what is a generational cycle so of abuse. is that one of the key ways that your organization is helping to break the generational cycle is kind of getting it right there early yeah, exactly. I, I mean, in general, we're looking to get it early in terms of the age of the kid, but also there are families that are at moderate risk. And if we can engage with them at that stage, it's much less expensive for our community than to engage after abuse has occurred. Okay. It's much harder to correct. Really? So breaking out of that generational cycle happens with much more effort uh, in much more impactful way if we catch people up front. So is there a statistic of how likely a parent is to be a, a child abuser if they were an abused child? Is there? Yeah, there are all kinds of statistics. And what I'll tell you is they'll, they'll range. They'll range. And um, I want to back up and look at our county, right? We've got over 3 million people in this right. county, a uh, little bit over 700,000 kids. My spreadsheet says that roughly one in every five of those kids experiences neglect, abuse, or bullying in a given year. So mm. if you're walking around Disneyland, that's every fifth kid, right? And And it happens with that level of frequency. What we aim to do is help those kids who are going to be subject to it, cope with it, and accept it, and then not let it have a lasting impact on them. Yes. And also help those who are perpetrating it to say, look, you don't need to approach your kid that way or your neighbor's kid. Right. right? There's a different way to get somebody motivated to do a positive thing that you are trying to do and right. then to get angry or escalate to violence, etc. So I can see how that ties back to your time in Chicago in grad school then, teaching them ideas on how to deal with it. You learned that at the young, I take it as a young age. You went right from Claremont to business school? Or did no, you, no, no, no. I, I, I spent some time traveling the planet. I went through Russia and taught okay. in China. Wow. Uh, and then came back and worked in downtown L.A., volunteered in, uh, to do junior achievement, actually, uh -huh. in Crenshaw High School. And it was amazing. And just an amazing, humbling, profound experience. And that that was formative as well. But it was in, in business school back in Chicago where it was just an opportunity to take really simple management principles and apply them right away uh, instead of going to a corporate environment, right. working with real families. And, and right. these things can apply and right. really help break out of a, a cycle. So we have about two minutes left until our commercial break. And I wanted to ask you, can you share the core philosophy you have for leading and growing your organization? 
Yeah, that is a, a really great, broad question. But I think the thing that weathers all storms and time is staying close to the need in the community and designing your organization and adapting around that need. I think to the extent that you can invest in your organization and your own personal time in, for us, going to the communities that we serve, spending time in the churches in central Santa Ana or you know down in San Juan Capistrano or San Clemente uh, with the military vets, really trying to understand what the need is and of those needs, what your organization has a capability to pursue and support. I think that's the thing that has allowed us to grow and weather uh, changes in the economy and everything outside of the organization. Yeah, because you started as the executive director. You said 10 years? Yeah, I mean, you were right a little over the, 10 years ago. Right in the throes of the Great Recession. Yeah, I actually had a year, two years run up to before we hit that big recession, and we did not go backwards. We went forward because really? the, the need didn't go backwards. Right, I would have thought maybe even went up. Yeah, we had to build to the need. So yeah. Okay. We're going to take a short commercial break. It's actually hopefully a new commercial on about, oh, oh no, no, sorry. I teased you for something that maybe if you're listening to the live stream, you'll pick it up on the next episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. You can see how the engineer sometimes isn't always perfect, but we love him. Anyway, we come back. I'd like to talk to you about the current challenges facing your organization, Scott. Great. We'll do that after a word from me. Thank you, Rick. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, hundreds of guests, former former guests' websites uh, whose CEOs appeared on our show. You know, since we started this show in 2009, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through the live stream here on octalkradio.net, our podcast, and the other platforms that we use. Simply type in these four words... Critical Mass Radio Show and your favorite podcasting software to find our weekly shows with great guests like Scott. Scott, uh, before the break, I said I want to ask you, can you share kind of the current challenges that you're facing? Yeah, Rick, there are many. Look, we're a nonprofit, and um, that's also code for getting a lot done with very little. But I think more broadly, we've grown to a position to where we really need to be good about appreciating what we're doing and the business model, right? So basically, we're working with a family who can't afford the services that we provide but greatly benefit from them. So there's value generated with that family. Because they can't pay for it, we need to be able to communicate that sense of value to somebody who can pay for it. And for us as a nonprofit, that means donors. Sometimes that means family foundations. Sometimes it's corporate foundations or government Mm -hmm. or contracts. And as I work down that ladder, the longer the commitment is. So we need to be making one, two, three, five, ten-year commitments in the types of services that we're providing. So when people talk about a, a balance for a nonprofit, 
that's the balance. We want to stay devoted to the need in the community and the families that need our help, but we also need to anticipate how that need might be changing. Mm-hmm. And then see that value and be able to report it back and communicate it and advocate for it in the community. So, 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 so do you get? Do you have any social enterprise in in the nonprofit? Do you, are you, do you have any revenue generating vehicles on your own, or are you looking for the donations and the support from the governmental agencies? We largely rely on donations, okay. given our cause and given how isolating and important it is to be discreet and secure about our families. Yes. it's very difficult to quote-unquote, monetize that and turn it into a social enterprise. However, there are some really cool models out there for things like pay for success so that when a family achieves success, we might align ourselves with a hospital or or an insurance company that actually saves money when a family breaks out of that generational cycle. As an example, then they wouldn't—they'd be mes- much less likely to show up in their emergency room when it's not actually an emergency. Right. If they're a much more stable family, and so a hospital could be willing to pay us to provide our services. Got it. So, doesn't quite fit the definition of social enterprise because right. I always think of that as yeah. selling T-shirts or something. Right, car but, wash. Yeah, but, maybe a little hard yeah, to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, for us, though, it's it's the understanding and appreciating the value we're generating for these families, uh-huh. and then finding somebody who's going to benefit from that value as well, and aligning ourselves. Yeah. This is. Do you have you know many of the nonprofits each month that we have on? There's one or two major events that they host in a year that generates kind of fundraising and awareness. Is there an event coming for your organization that you want to mention to our yeah, audience? Absolutely. So, um, first, you've done a great job of saying April is Child Abuse Prevention Awareness Month. And yes. while that's not a fundraising event, we'll always receive donations. But if you're going to do anything for us, treat a kid well and do that by listening, listening first, and being a really great leader for them, especially as business, uh, as the business community has a huge impact on so many parents. Mm-hmm. Second, we do have an event coming up down at the ranch in uh, South Orange County sure. that used to be, you know, Ben Brown's uh, Mark Christie and his gang have done a wonderful job of bringing new life to that place. Our event is a not-so-serious golf tournament. Oh, wow. And it's June 4th, Monday. Okay. We'd love to have anybody down there, and sponsors especially. It's a great way to impact an organization like ours to underwrite the cost of that event. So senior executives out there that just want to get some marketing plus and do something great in the community would love to have your underwriting uh, talents. Sure. Um, Always we have campaigns. And then we have another big event at Pelican, uh, a golf tournament on August 30th. And that's our annual golf classic. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, tournament. Uh, People have a great time. And uh, between those two tournaments, we we raise a good amount of money that allows us to cover a quarter of our fundraising budget. So wow. we'd love to have anybody out there that has a heart for kids and preventing child abuse so that we don't have to deal with it um, as, as a society Con- later. Thank you. That's great. So, And this information, we're going to get your website at the very end in a couple Fantastic. minutes. So we'll make sure if you're interested, we'll, we'll help you to find that information on Scott's website. As you're describing what you do, I have to imagine it can be kind of a challenging, heartbreaking, heart-touching kind of... Child abuse is is a very difficult subject, I'm sure, for a lot of people to deal with. Yeah, I could certainly tell you stories uh, that would bring a, a grown man to tears, but that is not the nature of our work, right? We're working with families at that point, call that point A, 
And because we're in the prevention business, we're moving to a much healthier point B. Good. So actually, on a daily basis, I am inspired by Good. the progress our families make. Right. But it is out there, and the, the stories that will make you cry yeah. are out there. Right. And uh, we see it all over the place. Well, the, you told me before the show started here on octalkradio.net that the key, one of the key words in your organization is prevention. And I can see in your messaging and how you're dealing with it that that is such a uh, powerful way to feel good about a difficult situation and a difficult topic is to be able to feel like you're bending the needle a bit on the re- repeating of it and and prevent helping people to prevent it. Yeah, Rick, coping you, skills. you're so right, so right. I mean, uh, the models say a dollar of prevention today saves our community nine, ten dollars later. Wow. Right, if and we have to intervene. And those costs that you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. And, and if, we don't, if we don't check, it's not hard to imagine what happens. A lot of people who are in prison and jails are creating you know, problems in, in our community. Cost a lot to reverse all of that, and yes. that's where the $10 comes from. But an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. There you go. I've heard that saying before. <laughs> I, did not that, I did not create that here today on octalkradio.net and Critical Mass for Business. Two last questions. We have about three minutes left. Can, can you talk about the future for the organization? I love having nonprofits on because you have a vision, you have a, a forward-looking direction. Can you just share a little bit of that, Scott, with us? Absolutely, Rick. I, you know, why does child abuse have to exist? It doesn't. It doesn't. It's ridiculous. We know what the answers are. So the vision is, and we've talked about a generational cycle, the vision is within two generational cycles, which is lands us just around 2050, we would like to be done with child abuse in Orange County. And if we do that successfully by wow. engaging in this generation with families that have infants, toddlers, that have kids who are suicidal, mm. that have uh, all kinds of stresses related to poverty, mental health issues, if we can address those families directly, then the lessons that we learn in those success stories can pay forward to not just our community, but outside of Orange County as well. And then the next generation continue that on. So when we engage with a family today, our client is really the kid. We're really looking at that six-month-old and saying, that is the person we want to be a great parent when they Mm -hmm. hit 25 years old. And if we succeed at that, then we can start to see these generational cycles broken, and pretty soon we're in a whole different planet. So That is an awesome goal, vision, and it's inspiring, right, to, to have, that, have that as a focus. You had mentioned earlier that bullying is also an area where you kind of focus on. Do you consider that under the umbrella of uh, child abuse? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Rick, I should be clear, domestic violence as well, even if a child is not physically involved, witnessing domestic violence or just being part of a household has a huge, huge negative impact on a kid. Okay. So that's that's another area that we are uh, very concerned about and very focused on. Bullying as well. And that, that is something that is just, uh, especially in this day and age of social media, right. we all have done the case studies, uh, you know, back in Missouri and all across, really, the nation, we're seeing more and more examples of kids who are vulnerable leaving themselves vulnerable to bullying in all kinds of different ways. So reaching out to elementary schools, junior highs and high schools, and educating kids about a healthy relationship and identifying people who could potentially be a bully and what to do about that, right? That, that, That can break us out of the current gridlock that we have that kind of in some cases, can engender bullying. We don't mm-hmm. want that anymore. Right. You um, 
mentioned uh, suicide as well, and we only have a minute. My engineer's giving me the finger, the one-minute finger, ladies and gentlemen, is what I meant to say. Are you seeing, then, the risk of suicide increasing in, in with the populations that you're working on? Is that something that you're observing? or? You know, it's really tough for me to speak as an expert on that. Sure. I know because we're a service provider. What I will tell you is that for us, we're we're seeing more and more referrals each year. Wow! There's Hopefully, a, that's because of awareness. And that's that's Let's it. That. I think that um, not just awareness about our services, but I think in, in awareness as a community, we're right. talking about it a little bit more. Sometimes that has an effect where a kid will see a, a suggestive movie or a show and then think, "Okay, that's something that I." want to entertain that kind of thinking, but that then brings them out so that that can be addressed in some cases. Right. It goes back to your prevention. Right, mantra. right. So it makes them a prevention candidate. Right. Um, it is an area that also represents a family that can be in dysfunction. So right. that's an opportunity for us to get engaged. And a decade ago, we, we helped the county innovate a service where our caseworkers and therapists would be dispatched to a family that was struggling. Mm. So that would prevent them from escalating and moving to a hospital situation. That's excellent. So, Scott, if someone would like to learn more about your organization, how do they find you online? Would love to have them. Uh, first of all, just Google Child Abuse Prevention Center and you'll come up with us. Our URL is what we're, we aspire to, and that's a bright future for kids. Okay. So we're at brightfutures4kids.org. Okay, now i got to stop you. Is it plural, bright futures, or bright future? Plural. Okay, so give it again then. Bright futures for kids. Dot org, and you'll find all kinds of information about us there and get involved. Um, we, you can also follow us on all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, you know, LinkedIn, everything else. Okay. Well, I've really enjoyed the time we've spent here, and I um, love the work that you're doing, and thank you for being focused on prevention. And this has been a great time. We, uh, welcome to the critical, uh, sorry, welcome to the critical mass community. Oh, I'm so happy to be part of it, Rick, okay. and you do a wonderful job. Your your reputation is huge out there, so anybody that's listening, just look at the series of podcasts that Rick has been able to document. There's so much wisdom in them. Thank you very much, Scott. I appreciate it. You bet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm also going to thank our engineer, Paul Roberts, and the producers without whom we wouldn't be able to do this show, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, let's start with LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F R A N. ZI. Until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 